Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's all stand. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer and ask him to bless this Bible study. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, Lord, we give you the honor, the glory, God. We ask you, Lord, to give us revelation that your name may be uplifted. God, show us, Lord, what we need to do to give you all the honor, the glory, and take us to the next level of our lives. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Somebody give God a round of applause. Amen. God bless you. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. We want to thank the Lord for allowing us to be here today. It is a blessing to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Right now, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 50 and verse 12. Uh, let's go to verse 12 through 22. 12 through 22. Amen. We're still talking about dominion. Amen. And we talk about uh, dominion, but on the inside. On the inside. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, on the inside. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and read it. Uh, I want Sister Janelle to go ahead and read it, starting at verse 12. Go ahead, Sister Janelle. Genesis 50, verse 12. And his sons did unto him according as he commanded them. For his sons carried him into the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave of the fields of Mac Machpelah, which Abraham bought with a field for a possession of burying place of Ephron and the Hittite before Mamre. And Joseph returned unto Egypt, he and, his, he and his brethren, and all that went up with him to bury his father after he had buried his father. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now therefore fear ye not. I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. And Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's house. And Joseph lived an hundred and ten years. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So thank you, Sister Janelle. Let's give God a round of applause, Sister Janelle. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. So I want to talk to you a little bit about... Uh, uh, having dominion on the inside. It's okay for us to have dominion on the outside and proclaim and speak and have power and authority, but we got to have some power and authority on the inside. Can you say amen, church? Amen. amen. So you got to learn how to uh, rule your own spirit 
and learn how to have dominion on the inside so that you can learn how to have dominion on the outside. We see too many people on Facebook uh, saying certain things and then they say, uh, with the help of the Lord or in Jesus' name, but yet they say stuff, stuff that's out of the will of God and yet they speak it and they put it under the cloak of Jesus or under the cloak of Christianity. So I want you to understand that we have to be careful in what you say. You got to be careful in what you speak and how you say it. And you got to learn how to put your flesh under subjection. Can you say amen, church? Amen. amen. So turn to your neighbor and tell them, put your flesh under subjection. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I want you to understand that the story that we're about to read or about to uh, digest uh, is the Bible's telling us uh, that we are going to go ahead and Joseph comes to a point in his life. Joseph comes to a point in his life where now it is difficult for him because he uh, is now in, um, he goes through all kinds of trials and tribulations in his life where he, first of all, is falsely accused of his brethren. Then once he's falsely accused of the brethren, he's falsely accused uh, of somebody else, falsely accused him, which is Potiphar's wife. Once he's falsely accused there, then he goes into the prison. And we can easily say to us and easily say to everything around us is why are these things happening? If you find yourself that God gave you a vision, God gave you um, a dream, uh, gave you a plan, and you find yourself in trials and tribulations, and you find yourself in a pit or in a dungeon or in a jail cell, you can easily say, why is God allowing this to happen to me? Can you say amen, church? It's so easy for you to start looking at yourself and saying, wait a minute, why are these things happening to me? Didn't God show me victory and promotion and everything else? When in the middle of all of that, he's, he's stuck in a pit, and now he's stuck in the prison. So I want you to understand that here it could have been easily for him to have these things inside of his heart and his mind uh, to go ahead and hold them against his brother and hold them against their family. As a matter of fact, the brothers even said, everything that we did to him, now that we're coming into the palace, he's going to do unto us. So you have to understand that the brothers were someone that already had that unforgiveness in their heart, unforgiveness that was going on in their life, because they themselves didn't know how to do it. So their brothers already had a viewpoint of how it was supposed to be done. The Bible tells us that when they come, they actually... Um, they actually see their brother and he says, hey, our father told us, the message that our father told us was for you to forgive us first. If we ever seen you to forgive us and tell us, hey, you know what, we're sorry for what you have done. Uh, and yet that's not, it's never recorded in the Bible. It's never recorded. And the first time of forgiveness is you find it right here in uh, when the brothers are asking for forgiveness from Joseph. So you don't find it at any time before then. You find forgiveness right here at this point. And I want you to understand that even though the brothers deserve to, to go ahead and, and uh, get ridiculed and be destroyed and killed and everything else for what they have done, uh, Joseph still had mercy on them and still had compassion on them. And that's the main key that I want you to understand. 
When God calls you, you're going to go through some trials. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you're going to go through some trials. That's why the Bible says, think it not strange concerning these fiery trials as some strange thing happened to you. Because you're going to go through some trials. As a matter of fact, Paul says, through much suffering and trial and tribulation, you will enter into the kingdom of God. So you're going to go through some stuff. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you're going to go through some stuff. Don't ever act like you're not going to go through some stuff. Because you're going to go through some stuff. Can you say amen, church? Don't act like it's all good because it's not all good. Because God is allowing you to go through some stuff in your life in order for you to change your heart, change your mind, and change your attitude. So turn to your neighbor and tell him, change your heart and change your attitude. All right, praise the Lord. So the main key here is I want everybody to understand that what God starts to go ahead and deal with you, uh, it's up to you. There was one time where a, a bishop talked to me and told me uh, when I first started the work in Pacoima, he told me, uh, whatever you do, don't let the people, uh, don't let yourself get bitter towards the people. Don't get any bitterness in your heart. Do not, do not. Be aware of that area because it's very difficult for you to get that bitterness out once it's in. So he told me, you know what, be very, very careful that you don't allow the people. Uh, and, you know, I started thinking about it and I was like, man, no, I'm not going to let nobody, you know, get a hold of me like that and everything else. And, and then I started reading the story of, of Moses, how all of a sudden he started striking the rock three times said, and he was upset and frustrated. And he got the 70 and he called the 70 over and said, man, I can't do it by myself. I pulled out my hair over here. So here the 70 came and he delegated everything to the 70. And the 70 became the leaders of the church. You see there, and one of the things is that happened was uh, God is going to do changes in your life. Turn to your neighbor and tell him he's going to do changes. Changes in your life. There has to be change in your life. You cannot be the same from the beginning and try to be the same today and try to be the same tomorrow and try to be the same next year. It's not going to happen. Can you say amen, church? You got to change. So turn to your neighbor and tell him you got to change. Lord have mercy. Okay, so some of you are saying, nope, I ain't changing. Amen. But I'm here to tell you that you can't be in a Christian walk without you changing. Can you say amen, church? I'm not going to change. I'm, I'm going to be the same. And God is saying that you have to change in order for you to go to the next level of your life. If you don't change, then you're stuck. Can you say amen? So the Bible's telling us, he's giving us insight as far as the brothers are, are thinking. But we also have insight into Joseph's life of what actually happened to him. And, and what happened to him is his brothers were cruel and they sold him. They sold him. They were going to kill him. But then they sold him and said, you know what? Let's do a lighter thing and let's just sell him. So the Bible says that they sold him. And, and now he, they go and they lie to the father. And he goes to the point where all of a sudden now uh, he's sold as a slave. And he's at the palace serving Potiphar's wife, actually serving Potiphar. And his wife walks in, which he's the captain of Egypt. And the Bible says 
That is, he walks in, his wife walks in, and they're the only two that are in the house. And the Bible says that she wants to be with him in a sexual manner. And what happened was now he, he's trying to uh, fight this off. And basically what happens is the Bible says he fleed, he left. And so much so that the coat stayed in her hand and made her look like a fool. I don't know if, if you know, the Bible doesn't say that people have rejected her and they were, you know, given in to her seduction. I, I really don't know. Amen. But here you have one man that rejected her and now she didn't like it. So then now she went ahead and started to falsely accuse him and tell him, hey, you know what? I'm going to put you in jail. You did this. You did that. I'm going to tell everybody you, you try, to be, uh, try to do things to me. And I'm going to go ahead and tell my husband. And my husband's going to put you in jail and everything else. So the Bible says that here he, she goes and she tells, and now Joseph is in jail. They put him in jail. And when they put him in jail, uh, he finds himself now in the jail cell against all everything that he sees. And the Bible's telling us that here it's a person's attitude of how you're going to affect or, or reflect on things that God is showing you. If a person is, if God is dealing with you, and if you start getting angry at what God is trying to show you, then that you're going to get a hold of. And by the time you know it, you're going to carry that anger and that frustration with you in every trial and in every tribulation. Does that make sense? So it's basically the, the, the problem here is that people that go through trials and tribulations have to recognize that you got to have a good attitude when you're going through some stuff. And this is why James says, go ahead, let's give God a round of applause. This is why James says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. So you're supposed to look at it differently. You're not supposed to look at it the way you normally would look at it in a carnal state. You would look at it totally different. So you got to have dominion on the inside. Can you say amen, church? You got to have dominion on the inside. You got to learn how to overcome on the inside. And this is one of the things that when God starts to deal with you on a one-to-one -one basis... Your attitude has to be one of humbling yourself. That's why the Bible says, humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that the brothers came to him, uh, and, the, and you know the Bible doesn't say that they asked for his forgiveness. As a matter of fact... The brothers didn't even ask for his forgiveness. Um, they were saying, hey, if we go, he's going to do the same thing unto us. And the Bible doesn't say that they went ahead and, and uh, asked Joseph uh, for forgiveness. They just said, uh, and, and the Bible says that my father is just saying to you, Joseph, forgive. Um, I pray thee now, trespass of thy brethren. He's actually saying, my, our father said this. Our father asked us to tell you to forgive us. Can you say amen, church? <laughs> that's, what, that's what the brothers are telling Joseph. We just want to let you know what dad said, because he holds more weight. So I'm just letting you know what dad said. We're not saying this. It's dad that's saying it, to forgive us. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand it's going to be very difficult to forgive somebody 
that don't ask for forgiveness. Can you say amen? This is why husband and wife need to have closure. Closure is when you forgive one another. When you acknowledge the problem, you, you talk about it in the evening, you talk about what it is, and then you acknowledge the problem. You got angry for this. You got upset for that. You call me this name. I called you that. And, and you acknowledge it so that that way you don't do it again. And you say, I'm sorry for doing this, and I'm sorry for doing that. But if there is no closure, and you wake up tomorrow morning like nothing happened, would you, you want a coffee? You know, all of a sudden, you want cream in it? And you haven't even... You haven't even discussed about what happened the night before. Then you're back at square one and even worse. Because a person is not asking for forgiveness for what they have done. Can you say amen, church? Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you got to have closure. Because then if you can't ask for forgiveness, you can't get forgiveness. You're going to have to ask for forgiveness. And the problem is with husband and wife and with uh, some Christians, you got too much pride, which is really sad. Can you say amen, church? Does anybody know what I'm talking about in the house? So Joseph didn't get to the point where, uh, Joseph's brother didn't get to the point where they're asking for his forgiveness as a matter of fact, they're saying dad is the one that told us. So I just want to let you know what dad said. So I want you to understand sometimes you don't ask for forgiveness. And when you don't ask for forgiveness, you're just saying, okay, well, I, I acknowledge it, but I'm not really asking for, for you to forgive me. I acknowledge it. So in reality, you're saying, I don't really want to change. Can you say amen, church? Does anybody know what I'm talking about in the house? Amen. Praise the Lord. So let's go to Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28. The Bible tells us this. He that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. So you're going to have to examine your life on a daily basis. I don't care what title you got. I don't care if you're a supervisor, you are a leader, you're a Timothy. I don't care what you are. You're going to have to, to self-examine yourself on a daily. Can you say amen, church? So you're going to self-examine yourself to see whether or not uh, you have rule over your own spirit. Whether or not you have rule and not being angry all of a sudden. Being frustrated and angry with everybody. Can you say amen, church? So you're going to have to learn how to rule your own spirit and not be frustrated with people that just get you come to your way. You got to learn to overcome all the time. And this is why it's so difficult for some because they allow the people to go ahead and get under their skin. And by the time you know it, they're yelling, they're either cussing, they're either going off, they're doing something wrong, what they shouldn't be doing because they have no rule over their spirit. Can you say amen, church? Amen. So I want you to understand that a person... Uh, that doesn't uh, have any rule over the spirit is a proudful individual. Now, there's pride in two different ways. Prideful, you can't tell me what, what, what I need to do. Don't tell me. And then there's another pride where they tell you, where they just say, well, I don't know. You know what? You figure it out. You do whatever you have to do. Uh, I don't know what, what it is. You know, you, you do it. I'm my brother's keeper. I don't know. You do whatever you want to do. 
Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that there's a prideful individual that says, hey, you know what? I'm above everybody. But then there's also another prideful individual that's not, that doesn't care about what's going on around them. So I want you to understand that when God starts dealing with you, you need to start recognizing which one you are or what are you. So the number one thing here is when a person starts to have uh, a self-righteous attitude is one that has uh, convinced his own, this is, the, this is the Webster's Dictionary, convinced one's own righteousness, especially in contrast with the action and belief of others. Then it says the self-righteous person acts superior to the peers because he believes in his moral standards as perfect. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand. So that person doesn't see himself. They don't see them. They don't see themselves in an area where you are dealing with yourself. You see everybody else. Hey, brother, that scripture is good for you. I memorized it for you, brother. He said, sister, I memorized two chapters for you, sister. Don't worry about it. I got your back. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that when God starts to deal with you, you got to have some self-examination in your life. So I want you to see what God is saying here. Let's go to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. The brothers, when they came, they didn't have the attitude of self-examination and of guilt and saying, you know what, we're sorry. What they actually said was, hey, dad said it, so I want you to listen to that. Can you say amen, church? So Romans chapter 2, verse 1 and 2 says, you therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For after whatever point you judge others, you are condemning yourself. Because you who pass judgment do the same thing. Now we know that God's judgment is against those who do such things is based on truth. So the Bible's telling us this. This is the Bible saying. He's saying you can't be judging other people because God is a judge. And when God judges other, God is going to take care of that. You ain't got no business judging other people. Love is supposed to cover a multitude of sins. Can you say amen, church? Love is supposed to cover it. Love is supposed to cover the whole thing. And yet the brothers are acting unforgiving yet. They, they, don't, they, haven't, they haven't asked for forgiveness. They don't want to ask for forgiveness. And yet they have a prideful attitude. They'll acknowledge it because of dad said, but other than that, talking to Joseph, there's no way. Absolutely not. So the main thing that I want to show you is that uh, when the brothers, when you go to somebody, you can't just tell them, hey, you know what, this thing that happened, hey, you know what, this happened and this happened and uh, it is what it is. You know what I mean? You just can't do it like that. You're going to have to acknowledge what you did and ask for forgiveness. Can you say amen, church? That's exactly what God wants. Why do you think the Lord says, come unto me, all you that labor heavy laden, I will give you rest. You got to acknowledge that you ain't got no rest and that you're all tore up from the floor up. Can you say amen, church? You got to acknowledge this. So the Bible goes on to say that... Um, 
the, the Bible says this in verse, uh, let me see, saw the brothers. Uh, the Bible says in verse 16, and he sent messengers unto Joseph, saying, Thy father commanded thee, to, he died, saying, So shall thy saying unto Joseph, Forgive thee, I pray thee now, and trespass thy brother of their sins. Uh, so they did this, this evil, and how they, we pray, forgive the trespass of the servant, God of thy father. And Joseph wept, and they spake unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servant. So the Bible's telling us that here you can serve without being forgiven. Because you don't want to be forgiven. You don't want to forgive, and you don't want to be forgiven. So I want you to understand that the, ser- the brothers can serve. They can definitely serve. Hey, we're here where your servants will serve, but they never ask for forgiveness. It's, going to be, it's very difficult to forgive somebody who's always lying. And it's always difficult to forgive somebody who's manipulating. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. Listen to me. You got to rule, have dominion on the inside in order for you to have dominion on the outside. Because if you can't rule your own spirit, it's not going to work. You can try to do everything else with everybody else, but your own spirit, you need God to deal with you on a one-to-one basis. Can you say amen, church? Everybody understand what I'm talking about here today? Okay, here we go. So then verse 19 says, Joseph said, fear not, for I am in thy place of God. He said, why are you coming to me? I'm not in the place of God. I'm not going to forgive you of everything you've done. It's between you and the Lord. You're the one that has to deal with all of that. You're the one that has to deal with me. You guys selling me. You guys wanting to kill me. Uh, the life that you have lived. That's between you and God. You're going to have to deal with that. He said, don't, don't come to me. I'm not God. So why are, you, why are you trying to come to me for that? So I want you to understand. Then he says, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto the good. To bring to pass, as it's this day, to save such people alive. So he said, look, when I, when I was in the pit, when I was in the prison, God already seen that I was going to be here. So I couldn't just look at the circumstances and say, this is it. Why is God allowing me to go through this? Because God already had it established way in the end already. And God's purpose was for me to save people's lives. That was the purpose. It was to save people's lives. So there's a reason why you're going through the trial. Turn to your neighbor and tell them there's a reason why. There's a reason why you're going through the trial. Pastor... You know what? I'm fed up with her up to here. Pastor, I am fed up with him all the way to the... I'm up here already. I'm underneath the water. Can you say amen, church? I got one word for you. Just one word. That's it. This one word will change your life forever. One word. Anybody know, want to know that word? Just one word. Turn to your neighbor and tell one word. You know what it is? 
Humble yourself. Come on, somebody. You got to humble yourself. You got to humble yourself, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow him. Well, I'm mad because she did that, and I'm, you know what she did? That? I'm going to do it too. And if they did it, then I'm going to do it too to them. And you know what? Oh, so you want to be like that? All right, two can play that game. Anybody know what I'm talking about in the house? That's a worldly move. That's not a Christian move. That's not a self-righteous person move. A righteous person move. That's a self-righteous person move. That's not a person who's righteous in the eyes of the Lord. That's a worldly move. That's a worldly saying. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. <laughs> so I want you to understand that God has to deal with you on a one-to-one -one basis. And when he starts dealing with you, you got to learn how to accept the correction. That's why the Bible says, <laughs> you know, God loves them who he corrects who he chastises. God loves who he corrects. If he didn't love you, he wouldn't be correcting you. He loves you so much. Some of you are like, please, God, don't love me so much. Can you say amen, church? God loves you so much that he's correcting you. Thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank God for his love and his mercy that he loves you so much. He go past everything and still love you. Go past your faults, go past your shortcomings, and still love you. And even though, and the problem, you know, I want you to understand something. The problem that, we, that you're having is that sometimes you accept the correction as rejection. That's part of it. You're accepting correction as rejection. They want to correct you. Oh my gosh, the leader wants to talk to me. I don't understand what's going on. Oh my gosh, the supervisor wants to talk to me now. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh my gosh. Uh, Sister, Sister Danielle, the coordinator, wants to talk to me. I don't understand. Brother Johnny wants to talk to me now. Oh my gosh, what did I do? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? All of a sudden, you look at, oh, man, I'm in trouble. I don't understand what I did. You start self-examining yourself 1,500 times to see what you did wrong. And the number one thing is that correction is supposed to be a blessing to you. Correction is supposed to be something that's a blessing. You say, man, a fool despises correction, but a wise man will love you for it. So the Bible tells us that here you're supposed to tell him, hey, man, thank you. I was headed the wrong path. But you straightened me out and thank the Lord that I'm treated for the right path. Man, thank God for that. Thank the Lord for that. Can you say amen, church? What the Bible tells us here is that now Joseph is in a position. Let me, let me, let me break this down so you understand. You might not be in a position right now to help somebody, but you will be. And your attitude in the position of where you're not to help anybody should be right so that when you get to a place to help somebody, you have the right attitude there. 
Does anybody know what I'm talking about in the house? Does anybody know what I'm talking to? So God was dealing with Joseph in the pit, in the, in the prison. And he was dealing with him all the way through, but he had a right attitude. That's the problem with some. And that's what you need to do. You're going to have the right attitude when God starts dealing with you. It's not your wife. It's not your husband. It's not your son. It's not your daughter. It's not your mom. It's not your dad. It's God dealing with you. And God is dealing with you to correct you. And to help you to become the man of God and the woman of God that God wants you to be. Can you say amen, church? Man, that's a blessing. I said, that's a blessing. <laughs> that is a blessing. And when you have correction, people that love you and want to correct you and tell you, hey, you know what? Don't do it like this and don't go over here. Don't go over there. Every successful person will tell you about a mentor they had that helped them and say, don't go over here. Don't do this. Don't go over there. Don't do this. No, no, no. Get back here. Don't go. Start it over. Let's just start it over. Every, every person that's successful will tell you this is a mentor that helped me all the way through. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that your attitude has to be right. And if your attitude is not right, you need to repent. And you need to make it right. Pastor, I've been like this for years. That's the problem. Can you say amen, church? That's, the, that's your problem. Turn to your neighbor and tell them that's your problem. That's your problem that you've been like this for years and you never even noticed it or identified it that you need help and you need to surrender and submit and be obedient to people above you. Can you say amen, church? So the Bible's telling us that Joseph gets to the place where he's in a position now to forgive. He's there to forgive. People have done him wrong. How many people have done you wrong? How many people have been done wrong? Lift up your hand if you've been done wrong. That should be everybody in the house. <laughs> you have been done wrong. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you've been done wrong. And how, much of, how many times do we say, man, I can't wait to just get that person to do this and do that? When it comes my turn, watch, watch what's going to happen. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? That was not Joseph's attitude. <laughs> Joseph's attitude was, man, I just can't wait till my brothers get here. Give him a coscoron, I'm going to slap him upside the head. That was not Joseph's attitude. Joseph's attitude was, hey, the Lord is the one that has picked me up taking me to places. He's the one that's in charge. He's the one that's taking me to places I have never gone before, I've never seen before. It's the Lord that is in charge. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that he has a, a, a different attitude. His attitude is different. His attitude is something where he has to self-examine his life on a daily basis. If we go to, uh, I think we went to Romans, right? Romans, uh, okay. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. It says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Can you say amen, church? Okay, the Bible says, 
I'm reading out of the NIV. It's saying, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Because you only, you only practice it in front of people. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. I, can you say amen? Or, oh, yeah, that was real low. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So the Bible says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So then, if you're doing this, then the Bible says that you are not serving the Lord, but you're serving people. Can you say amen, church? You're serving people. And then when you start to serve people, they will come short all the time. People come short all the time, brother. People come short all the time, sister. And this is one of the reasons why it is so difficult for people because they serve people. They don't serve God. I remember being burned by a brother um, financially and easily, I easily could have said, you know what, this is not right, the church, and this is wrong. And Man, but I started to think about it. I said, wait a minute. God called liars, cheaters, deceivers, manipulators, everything, and I want them to get cleaned up from one day to the next? You've been doing this for years, and now you want to get cleaned up from one day to the next? Some of you got some residue still. Oh, I wish I had a witness in the house. Some of us still come short of the glory. <laughs> Can you say amen, church? That's not an excuse for you to keep doing what you're doing. But I'm just telling you that here, the, the Lord chose the disciples, and they were cheaters, liars, and connivers. They were manipulators. He didn't choose perfect people to be the church. As a matter of fact, he chose broken people to be the church. So we can't look at it and say, oh, you're a Christian, and you're doing this to me, and you're doing that to me. The Bible's telling us that we are, we are somebody that's in, in, uh, in, in, uh, in under construction. We're still in the process of getting fixed of what God is doing in our lives. If somebody's finished, please let me know. But I'm still in the process. 35 years later, I'm still in the process. Does anybody know what I'm talking about now? Still in the process. So you can't hold that person responsible and not forgive that individual. You can't just stop and not forgive that person. You're going to have to learn how to forgive. Joseph learned how to forgive because now he's in a position where God has blessed him and moved him up. Why didn't the brothers get moved up in position? I'm going to tell you why. They still had the same attitude when they tried to bury the guy. I wish I had a witness in the house. Somebody got to tweet that or revelation or something because... They still had the same attitude, not forgiving, not, they had bitterness in their heart for what his position was, or what his dream was, and everything else. And yet, God was dealing with Joseph to take him to a higher level in his life, but his attitude had to change. Do you know that the only thing that's stopping you from getting to the next level is your attitude? Oh, I wish I had somebody... Your attitude is the only thing that's stopping you from getting closer to the Lord. 
Your attitude is, nope, I'm not going to do it. Nope. I'm not going to submit. Nope. All of a sudden, now you choose who you can and cannot be subject unto. When the Bible says, submit yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. It doesn't tell you you got to choose who you want to be submitted unto. It tells you for you to submit one to another in the fear of the Lord. When we became, when we, when we started these groups, all of a sudden you had a whole bunch of leaders. And, and everybody was like, oh, wow, this is great. This is awesome. But it wasn't so awesome when one group had to submit to the other group. Can you say amen, sirs? Hey, well, I'm a leader just like you. Why do I got to listen to you? Can you say amen, church? All of a sudden now, the whole church is going through a change of actually doing the word of God. I wish I had somebody that understood. <laughs> so I want you to understand that here, Joseph gets to the place where he's in a position to forgive, and he realizes that it's of the Lord. Not of his own works, not of his own self, not of his own efforts, but it's God that put him there. And he understood this, and he understood. That's why he said, man, who am I? I'm not God. I can't do anything to you. It's the Lord, the one that you're going to have to deal with on a one-to-one -one basis. Not me. You got to deal with the Lord, man. It's between you and God. So I want you to understand that God's going to put you in a position where you can either destroy somebody or you can help them. And your attitude is going to determine whether you do it righteous or unrighteous. Can you say amen, church? It's sad when you get a position and you don't know how to do things righteous in the eyes of the Lord and you're unjust with people. You're unjust with that individual. You're unjust with that one. And you do it your way and how you think it's done. And you know what? I'm just going to punish that person. God don't even do that. Let alone you. Can you say amen, church? You got to learn how to overcome self. You got to learn to overcome this flesh. The Bible says, put your flesh under subjection. And you got to learn to put it under subjection to put what God wants in your life. Can you say amen, church? If it's not about you, it's not about you, it's about you putting the Lord first in your life. Can you say amen? Is there going to be unjust in the church? Of course there is. There's unjust all over the place. There's unjust out there in the world. There's unjust in the church. There's unjust all over the place. I want you to understand, even Jesus said, look, you're going to get offended. And you, there's going to be offenses coming your way. Just because there's offenses doesn't mean you got to accept the offense. Can you say amen, church? Doesn't mean you got to open up yourself to the offense and all of a sudden now you're hurt because everybody else is hurt. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, fix it. It's that easy. Pastor, what do I do? Fix it. It's really easy. Turn to your neighbor and tell them it's really easy. You start grabbing the scriptures, start putting them inside of you, and you start doing the word of God instead of doing your own feelings and your own emotions and the way that you think it should be done. Can you say amen, church? St. Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 through 9. 5, let's go to 5. It says, examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. 
He's talking to brothers and sisters here. And he's telling them, hey, you need to examine yourself, see you're in the faith. Because you'd be slipping. Can you say amen, church? Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you need to examine yourself. Can you say amen, church? Examine yourself, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. This is what NIV says. It says, um, examine yourself, see that you be in the faith. Test yourself. That's deep right there. Test yourself. Prove yourself. See where your heart is. See what, where you're at. See what you're, you're doing. Because out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth just keeps speaking. You need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Fix it. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, fix it. Amen. So I want you to understand that the Bible's telling us that here you need a self-examination on a daily basis. If you're not doing something you shouldn't be doing, then start doing it. That's why, that's why we have repentance. That's why it's called repentance. Everybody say repentance. That's why you have repentance. You repent every day of your life of what you did yesterday. You ask the Lord, Lord, please forgive me for lying, for, for looking at this, for, for cheating, for conniving, for doing this. You ask the Lord to forgive you and you fix it for what you did yesterday. That's why we have repentance. And the Lord loves you so much that he will forgive you because the Bible says if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins. Can you say amen, church? Does anybody know what I'm talking about in the house? Amen. Be very careful, amen, that you do not allow or entertain these thoughts inside of your heart. And just practice certain things only at church. You got to practice them at home. You know who knows you very well? Your wife and your husband. They know you very, very well. They know you really good. They know whether you're a doer or you're just a hearer. Can you say amen, church? This is my counsel to you. If you're not doing it, start practicing it. The best place to start practicing is at home. You wake up and you say, man, I'm not going to be angry today. Anger rests in the bosom of fools. You're, grab a scripture. Use it. Utilize it. Change it. Haz algo. Do something. And start using the scripture to change your mentality. To be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That way you can walk in at, at newness of Christ and God can get the glory through your life. I wish I had somebody understood.
You know, don't let the enemy come in and lie to you. I've been messing up. I've been doing this, that, that. Okay, great. So I'm going to been messing up, so I'm just going to stay messing up. That's, the, that's one of the tactics of the enemy. It's for you to stay stuck in an area where God is saying, hey, even though sin is there, grace abound even much more. And the Lord loves you so much that it doesn't matter what you have done, what's going on in your life. God loves you and he'll pull you out of the situation. You just got to call upon the Lord. And you got to humble yourself. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you need to humble yourself. You need to humble yourself before the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due time. Quit acting like you don't need to pray or that you don't need to come to the altar and pray or you don't need to go ahead and get a hold of God. You need to humble yourself. You need to look at yourself and self-examine yourself. And that person that does not self-examine himself have too much pride. That pride will kill you in a hot second. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that when people have rule over their own spirit, it's so powerful because they can learn how not, what not to let in and what to let go. So you're going to have to learn to forgive. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you've got to forgive. Let me put it this way. i got two minutes. Let me put it this way. If you look through a window that's dirty and it's unforgiveness, then you'll see everything around you that way. And you will judge it in that manner. The person doesn't look right. That one don't smell right. That one looked at me cross-eyed. You're easily offended. You're easily hurt and offended by everything. So then a a person that's easily offended and hurt by everything is not self-examining. They're looking at everybody on the outside instead of self-examining themselves on the inside. This is why it gets so difficult for you because everybody will find fault. You will find fault in church. You will find fault at your job. You will find fault in your husband, in your wife, in your children. You'll find fault in everything. But your attitude has to change and say, Lord, if you're allowing this to happen in my life, then that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go through this So, because on the other side, you're going to bless me as a better man and a better woman of God that I need to be. Can you say amen, church? Change your attitude. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, change your attitude. Change your attitude. Don't be angry. Don't be upset. Some of you right now are upset. I don't want to change. You need to change. Change your attitude. Change. You need to change on a daily basis. Can you say amen, church? Amen. God bless you. Let's give God a round of applause. Amen. Let's all stand.